Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Forbes Factor. I have actually some fun news uh, to bring up to speed on what I've been up to, and then I've got Forbes Factor news. You know, I have been teaching Forbes Factor Lives for about 20 years. I, at some point, said maybe I don't want to just do my name and came up with the Forbes Factor as the it factor, the missing factor. And I've been very successful with teaching these breakthrough trainings and teaching pitch classes, and I've had an absolute blast doing it. Well, it dawned on me, as, as every entrepreneur or major platform speaker like I am, needs a manifesto book. I didn't really have one. And so I was noodling around the other day. I like to redefine words. And um, it started out when I was in my 20s. I was kind of upset because there was this big thing of you need to have it all. And back then, having it all was, in fact, um, having two and a half kids, it was like 2.5 children, a very successful husband, a car in the suburbs. I was living in New York at the time. And I didn't have it all. I was an actress. I was a freelancer. I was having a blast, but I didn't have it all. And I was getting very sad about this. And one day, as I'm prone to do, I was playing around with the word and I flipped it on its side. It became A-L-L. And I said, what if I changed all's meaning to a loving life? So yeah, you know what? I have that. And so now I could actually say I have it all and feel very comfortable about that. And then I got a little obsessed with this idea of what if I changed and redefined a lot of words? Because there were words that were not working for me. The one in my 20s that was so not working for me was the word diet. Diet means starvation, deprivation, counting calories. I was miserable. I was on every stupid diet known to man. And I never, I gained, I lost. Ugh. And one day it dawned on me. I said, D-I-E-T, decisions I eat today. And my world changed forever. And all of a sudden it became apparent to me that, well, I can decide to eat a bread today, but then I can also have the bread and the cake for dessert and the alcohol before. So pick one. Oh, well, that's interesting. Or um, I could have grapefruit for breakfast and, and then, and I just, I made all these different decisions. And I realized that this was an exciting thing. I created an entire program called my eat journal based on D-I-E-T, decisions I eat today. Then I got kind of crazy. I said, how about I redefine the word sexy? Because it was bothering me. I was single at the time. I'm like, what? I don't want to be sexy for someone else. You know what sexy stands for? Seeing excellence in yourself. Oh, I love that. So I was sitting around and I realized that what if I did that with Forbes factor? What does this really mean to me? I've been on this mission to help others. I teach a couple of classes where we really dive into your MBA. What is your mission, your vision, your core values that every entrepreneur really, really deserves to nail down? You can't all just be a life coach. It helps if you understand your why, what makes you different from other people. And Forbes Factor, now get a pen because get this, and it's coming out soon, became the 12-step blueprint. And I would love your feedback on this. We're broadcasting live on Facebook if you have a thought about this. And I won't give them all to you. I don't want to give away the whole book. But the first three became foundation, 
which is, you know, I talk about that all the time. If you have cracks in your foundation, it's hard to build a two-story house, let alone a skyscraper. And you certainly can't build it on sand because that's not going to work. The O became organization. And organization from your brain to your desk to your closet to your pantry. What does it mean to be organized? You know how many hours we spend literally in your lifetime? Where's my phone? What did I do with my keys? I don't know where I put this. And maybe you don't, but I do. And so I have all these tips and tricks and techniques for that. And then R is become release. And for me, that is my whole breakthrough concept. That now you've got your foundation, you've organized it, but if you can't let this stuff go from your past, you cannot move forward. So I'll leave you guys to understand and, and discover or ask me what BES is. And then factors, F-A-C-T-O-R. I will tell you the last one is rejoice. And that is about celebrating. And so often we don't take the time to celebrate our wins. And sometimes they don't even feel like wins, but that is the practice of gratitude. And when you wake up in the morning, if you're still here and you're on this side of the dirt and there's somebody next to you or not next to you or there's kids or there's not, what are you in fact grateful for? So I want to say hi to some of my Facebook friends from Don to Carrie Bolden. I've got some great people in my family now. I didn't have much of a family growing up. Uh, everyone always had these cousins and aunts and uncles. And I had my, my mom was an only child. My dad was a, one brother and no cousins and just very small, intimate family. And I have always wanted to be part of a bigger family. My in-laws, uh, I had five brothers and sisters, my in-laws side, and I love that. And but what I discovered is that you don't have to be born into a family. You get to make your own family. And maybe that's one of the Fs. Uh, I won't tell you what the other F is for. It's all kind of choices. In fact, my son's going to join me today as my special guest. And the reason is he's become an amazing, an amazing young man. He's always been amazing. And it's funny, I recently was going through some old videotapes and I came up with a little speech that he gave when he was eight years old. And... I was just enamored. I said, you know, would you come be my guest today? I, I am, I'm blown away by how he and his twin sister have spent their senior year at home. You know, so different from the, the senior year you dream about when you're a little kid. I want to go to the high school prom and the football game. And in fact, he was in fact quarterback at some point. And then COVID shifted all of that. So I want to talk to him about that, about how he eats. And he, he's just fun to think, to talk to because he thinks so differently from, from other people. He's very logical, very smart. But I also had visions of him as this little moppy-haired boy that I just, with big blue eyes, thought was the cutest thing in the entire world. I'd had no boys in my life growing up except my dad. And this little boy played sports, and he was just fun to be around, and, and I'm excited to connect with him. Before we delve into him, though, I just want to leave you with another thought that I've been a little um, thinking about as I'm writing this book, and that is, what are you passionate about? You know, I come on here every week, and I've been doing this for years, and I realize I'm passionate about connecting with you, with having you share ideas, with listening to you, with having guests on. But I will tell you, if you're an entrepreneur, don't be boring. You have to come to the table with not only an idea, but the energy. It's like having a great car and no gas. It doesn't go anywhere. And a car to work, by the way, has to have everything. It has to have great tires with air in them. It has to have an engine and seats and this and that and oil. It's overwhelming, right? Well, so do you as an entrepreneur. You have to be firing on all of these, these little hot buttons. So number one, if you are stuck as an entrepreneur, I am your best friend, okay? If you are stuck, what that means is I've got a couple of systems in place. One of them is called GSD, 
Mm-hmm. That stands for get shit done. Now, I'm probably not supposed to say it on the air, but I'll say it again. Get shit done. And that, I discovered, is the biggest problem that entrepreneurs have. They have great ideas, but they don't get anything done. You have lots of excuses and shiny objects. And so my beautiful daughter and son have come up with this, this idea, uh, especially coming out of high school. Think about it. In, a, in one day, they would go from science to math to history to civil rights to eight different subjects and a foreign language. And they go, Mom, what are you doing? I'm like, Facebook. I want to write my idea. I want to do this. I got so little done. And they realized that so many of my entrepreneur friends got so little done in an entire day and they were doing all these things and they were getting good grades. So uh, we put together this training because the other thing as an entrepreneur is you need a toolbox. There's all kinds of things in your toolbox. If you show up as a plumber and you have a hammer and that's it, they're going to send you home. But as an entrepreneur, do you have your database management system? Do you have an ebook that gets leads? Do you have a capture page? Do you have all of those things? Oh, wait, you don't? Yeah, that's most entrepreneurs don't. And then you're so busy doing it all yourself that you never get it done. Well, we're going to shift that. So if you want information on that, they're the sponsor of the show today. It is WWWGSD with Forbes. I invite you to come. Uh, every month we do a project. So we run from an ebook to a course to a funnel to a you name it, we're going to get stuff done so that you as the entrepreneur have all the tools that you need in your tool chest to make money, go on vacation, live a great life, enjoy your kids, because that's, unless you just want to work all the time, because you can do that. You can also have a car that's in the garage, and if you put gas in it, but it doesn't really have good wheels, it still doesn't go anywhere. I know, you need all of those things. So without further ado, uh, my beautiful son is here. Riker, do you want to pop up from being, uh, I think I invited him. Riker Riley, I see you there, but I don't see you on my stage. There he is. He's coming. This is cool. It's the first time I've ever done this. And uh, he does have his sister's name there, which is funny. Mr. Riker Riley, and the crowd goes wild. How are you? Good. Um, Yeah, I had to join as a panelist. Sorry. I was watching, though. I saw what you were saying earlier. Can you tweak your name so anybody actually watching this on Facebook (laughs) uh, knows that you're not? (laughs) I can actually rename you as well. Believe it or not, I'm not McKenna. (laughs) <laughs> no, but he does have a twin sister. They don't look anything alike, which is so interesting. And it's funny, growing up, uh, she was the tall one and he was shorter. And we kept thinking, oh, that's going to be kind of like, I, I don't know. I like that my guys being taller. And then one day he woke up and was like, like the beanpole. Riker became six foot, what, three? Yeah, six, three. Yeah, and your sister's five, nine. You got there. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and it happened all through high school. I want to say I grew like almost like two inches a year. It was crazy. So thank you for being on the show. I think this is really cool. It's like, I found this book, which I think I just showed you. And I wrote the book 18 and a half years ago. And it went something like, I can't believe how pregnant I am. Is it supposed to be like this? Do I want to throw up? And I shouldn't write this because I don't want to complain. Then it went to, dear kids, this is the last um, note I will write to you while you're inside of me. And then I wrote, and I hope that you grow into your names, Riker and McKenna. I'm excited to talk to you about this, and let's see how it turns out. Well, we bent time the other day, and the girl who wrote that is talking to the 18-year-olds who were inside. It was like, wow, what did that do for you in your, in your head? Um, well, I honestly, I, obviously, I didn't know that you were writing that stuff down in the moment. But um, I, I know you talked a lot about how um, you manifested a lot of that into reality, and I do have... Looking back at it, even though I had no idea you had basically, I'm not going to say you pre-planned my life, but you definitely, the stuff that you influenced and the ways that you taught me definitely 
like garnered the outcome that you desired. And like when you when I showed me the book, I thought it was crazy because especially because the drawing you were talking about, she has this drawing of me that looks exactly like me with my baseball cap. I know you're looking for it right now, but um, when I used to play baseball, uh, apparently I came in and she knew I looked exactly like a drawing she had made. It was almost like, what, 10 years ago? 25 years before. All right. Now, unfortunately, if you're listening to this on, on radio, you can't see what we're telling you, but I advise you to go to my Facebook because what Riker's talking about is that I have a little book. I used to journal all the time before I really understood. And I journaled a lot of things that came true which were odd, like going on a safari, always having a house with a pool and a jacuzzi. This particular one also says, I really want a CD with a stereo player, which means that tells you how old it was. But I drew this picture. If you're watching on Facebook, I think it's just fascinating. And it says, while meditating, I drew this picture of a woman long and lithe with a boy. Uh, and there's a picture. Now, you need to notice that his baseball uniform has a V on it, and his baseball cap has something on the front, like a little emblem and kind of a round face. That was in 1987. Uh, I gave birth to little Riker Riley and his sister in 2002. By the time he's in uh, Little League, you're what, eight or nine? So now it's like 2010. And we moved from New York to L.A. to Florida. You don't carry books with you. Well, he walks in one day and he had his uniform on. He had a little picture. Hey, Mom, they took pictures of us. And it was the weirdest moment. I could feel time go. <laughs> and I said, stand there. I remember in, the, in our house on Bayshore and I walked into the garage and I had all these Tupperware containers I guess I'd carried with me. And I knew exactly where this book was, which seemed very odd that I would know where something was that I did 23 years before. And if you guys can see this on Facebook, do you see how the picture of him, he's wearing a V-neck shirt with a little thing on his hat. It looks just like what I drew 25 years before I met him. And I, I swear it's one of the coolest things that I have ever seen in my life. I don't actually know what it means, except that I knew I wanted you all along. <laughs> But, you know, you said something interesting about, because um, I was an older mom, I'm 42 years older than you. How does that feel, by the way? Is that, you know, your friends, most of them probably have moms younger. You know, I've, I've seen that, but I've actually never, it's never really affected me because one, you don't act like it. And you, you have the spirit of a 20 year old. So it really, I haven't noticed anything. I haven't had to help you, you know, get out of a car or do any of that. You're just as spunky doing your spin gym and stuff like that. So that the age thing doesn't even register in my mind. To me, when you say 60, sometimes I have to step back. I'm like, no way, this isn't right. This, and so, um, yeah, I haven't really like felt anything different. Well, so, but as an older mom, I had a little bit more time to think about what I wanted to do with my kids. And uh, not that I'm a control freak, but I'm a magician. And your grandpa was a magician. And I love to figure out things. And I'm a, I love the human brain. And we used to do exercises when, we were, when you guys were little. Like the what do you want game. You know? And it's, it's funny because I look at the two of you. We used to play this game because somebody told me when twins or kids were little, they don't share. And I thought, well, that's not cool. And so we used to, when you would have a toy I would, or you might have wanted to fight over a toy, I'd make one of you count to 10 and then you give it to the other one. Count to 10, give it back. And there was never any yelling and screaming in our house. You just had this little system that seemed to work. And then the what do you want thing is I used to also love to train dogs. I know. I wrote that in, in a book once. I had to train the kids like dogs. I got a lot of, that's not quite what it meant. But when a kid says, I want, like I want a cookie or I want something, I would go great. And the two of them were so cute when they were younger. They were little bookends. 
And I'd go wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And they both would. And I'd say, touch your nose if you want a cookie. You know, wiggle your ears if you. But I'd always end it with, if you want a cookie, say I love you to the other one. If you want a cookie, give each other a hug and a kiss. And if you want a cookie, give your mommy a kiss, say I love you. Do you find that when you leave me or like when we're on the phone, we always say I love you, don't we? Yeah, and it's actually, that's actually really funny because I've been in an argument with a, like my parents before and I've, all, I've said I love you at the end. Even though we could be butting heads and I'm like super mad, it's almost like it's programmed. Like she said that I just have to say it. And uh, she told me this story about McKenna. Um, she got mad at her for not saying I love you. And that's when she sort of clicked at her uh, programming, if you will, sort of kicked in and like, because of her philosophy as well, um, a lot of you guys obviously know about her breakthrough. She talks about how you're wired uh, all the way to your core memories and stuff like that. And so in that learning phase, if you teach those foundations and stuff like that, our base setting to what we do our choices off is that. And so like a lot of the, like saying, I love you, it becomes instinctive because I know all the way in the back of my brain that from the start, I should say, I love you at the start. And it's like, it's like habits in 90 days to build a habit. If you've been doing it for years, a, a decade, that habit, you'll never break that habit. And so, but, that, but that's a really good habit to have, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Cause even at the end of the day, you could be very angry with your family, but it's important to know and say, I love you just because, you know, and you never know what happens. If it's the last thing, the last thing you said was something hateful on the phone with someone versus you know, you did fight, but you still said, I love you at the end. At least you have that closure or something to that you knew that they knew that you love them and stuff like that. And so it's just, you always say, I love you. You always appreciate family like that. Um, especially when well, they. Well, they, I'm going to say something. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, there's a little delay. Also, you had a good four sets of twins in Shorecrest at some point. Do you think you guys were closer than the other kids as sister brother? Yeah, I do. I, I think it, a lot of the relationships they were were girl girl. Actually, they're all pretty much girl girl. There was a there was Not one. There was one boy girl. I was going to mention, um, but they didn't seem as close as we were. Um, they they and they never really hung out. Like for me and McKenna, it was never an issue hanging out. We'd always assume we could hang out together. For them, they had their separate friends. For us, we shared everything. So, but I will tell you, I think that something had, call me crazy, but something had to do with it, the way you were raised. Number one, we used to end probably 15, 20 times a day with you guys hugging, kissing, and saying, I love you. I don't know many other families that think, even think to do that, but it might have some impact. And then the other thing, too, is I never listened to what other people said. I always wore and marched to my own drummer. I remember when you guys were little, moms would go, oh, my God, my kids are two and they're sleeping in a big person's bed. I'm like, my kids are four and they're still hanging out in their crib. That was like, you're a safe place. Like, why would you want to leave that? Like you'd have your, you wake up, your books were there. She was right there. You guys could hang out and play with each other. Oh, that's like the coolest thing to have a, somebody your own age to play with. Same thing in the stroller. Remember the side-by-side strollers? Oh, I yeah. I kept you guys in. I know you may not think about this, but maybe this will help you when you have kids. But you guys were in that until like you were four years old. Because I think both of you were like, hey, you know what? I got a little jar for Cheerios and I'm kind of comfortable. I don't have to walk on my own. And, and you're always together. And I, I think, you know, even, how about you guys didn't sleep in different rooms? So you're like, we're 10. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I, I just, I'm excited because now you are 18 years old. Describe how different you thought your senior year would be versus how it ended up being. Oh, my senior year. Wow. Oh, shoot. You know what? I'm so sorry. I'm so excited to talk to you that I missed my break. 
We have to take a quick commercial break. I was like looking at the panelists. I'm so sorry, you guys. We are a live radio show. And uh, my producers like four minutes ago said, hey, we're ready for a break. So uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Forbes Factor. I'm just so excited. I'm hanging out with my 18-year-old son, Rick O'Reilly, and we will be right back after this message. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you hate going to the gym but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel this is the voice america influencers channel be inspired we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network live wherever you go on iphone blackberry or android download it from the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market Listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody, it is Forbes Riley. Welcome back to the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. And today I'm incredibly happy. Because my special guest is one of my favorite people on the entire planet, my 18-year-old son, Rick Riley. Um, I am what's known as a weirdly proud mama. But I, you know, Rick, before we get into college and stuff, I'm going to ask you a question. You said something to me when you were like nine or 10 years old, we're driving in the car. You said, mom, I'm not really good at anything. You were so sad. Like you had friends who were excellent at swimming or excellent at baseball. And what did I say to you? And how did that turn out like eight oh, years later? Well, hold on. It's the thing that I wasn't really good. I was good enough to make the team and do that, but I would always be very jealous of like the basketball superstar guy or the baseball superstar guy who was just so good at his one thing. And it was really frustrating because I would try out for all these teams, but I'd always be right dead in the middle. And, but you um, did all the teams. In fact, you ended up being a high school quarterback on your varsity team. So let's get real about how good you are. 
I went from wrestling, golfing, bowling to being a high school quarterback. I just, I just did a little bit of everything. And I, when I came back to my mom and said this, she looked at me like, like I had said the, like, I was like saying something that was wrong. Like, why would you be upset about that? Like, why would you want to only be good at one thing when life is about doing many, many different things about doing everything and experience, like getting out in the world and doing as many things as possible. Like recently, um, I got offered a job um, to work at my uncle's place that does wiring for conference rooms and stuff like that. And rather than immediately shoot it down because I'm already working kind of, I wanted to hear them out and learn more because even if I didn't even get the job, I learned, I learned just a little something and just learning all of that, all the accumulation of all that stuff eventually down the road. Cause you never know where life's going to take you could lead to the perfect opportunity and having all that knowledge and being good all around could actually make you the best of where you are going to be. And you know, what's so great is I actually told you that I said, even, I mean, you surf, you water ski, you snow ski, you snowboard, you, I mean, you can do a lot of things. And I said that to you when you were little, because I said, I'm a little further down the road. And I watched the kids who only did one thing and they're kind of unhappy because when their friends want to go do this, they don't know how to do that. You even know how to roller skate and, and inline skate. You're a great, you're, and by the way, you are physical and you're athletic. So you, when you do something, you're good at it. But uh, that turned out okay, didn't it? Yeah. And my dad liked the joke that he trained us to be super spies because we're good at a little bit of everything, like how James Bond could ski and do all this and drive cars and all that. Well, so. I tell everybody that's what I wanted to be James Bond when I was little. So, then, <laughs> you know, and we even have a piano. I said, if you just learn one song on the piano, the girls will love you. So, <laughs> all right. So now we're talking about, you know, there's certainly people who go through school. They know what they want to do. I don't know that I did. I thought I was going to be a lawyer, but I always wanted to be an actress. And so senior year is very different for you than it's ever been for anybody in the history of this country. And I am the first kid in my family to go to college. It was a big deal. My sister didn't. She wanted to go a different path. But I saved money for you to go to college. Couldn't wait. You're both very smart, but straight A students. And what's going to happen? Well, turns out I actually, I actually didn't apply to a single college this year, despite being summa cum laude and having high school quarterback on my um, transcript and stuff like that. I chose not to because I really thought about what college is for me. And so unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or something where the education they're going to teach you is very specific, it's not like you can hop on a course and learn it. You should go to college because you need to. That's, that's what doctor doing your, and even then you go to school after and you, you, um, what do you do housing in the hospital and actually learn how to do that stuff through experience. And so what I wanted to do was get into business and the online world and college is a little bit outdated. Not the information is good, but they don't, they're trying to catch up. It seems like government and schooling is a little bit behind of what's actually current always. And with the nowadays of the internet, your return of investment on anything you pay out for courses and stuff is so much higher if you stick with it than college because college, you could be looking at a $100,000 debt and then the job you get is the lowest paying job in a company. And now you have to pay off that. You have to pay for housing. You have to be an adult and it, all the other random things life could throw at you plus a $100,000 debt. And if you're a doctor, yeah, you, you can pay that off because that's what you're going to be doing. And that makes sense. Or a lawyer, that makes sense. But if you're doing business, 
that doesn't make much sense. Why wouldn't you go learn business from a business? Walk around your walk down the street and learn like like go hire somewhere, like go get a job somewhere and watch how they hire you and learn that. It's not the actual what they're teaching you, like how to you know make a burrito at Chipotle, but how did they onboard you and get you in the door and teach you everything? That process you could take away and then put into your own project. And so something big now, obviously, is the world of online courses. Courses are so easy to make with the right programs like GSD. They're coming out with a brand new course um, section for this month. You can learn exactly how to, one, do what you love and make money doing it. And it's so simple. I mean, it's like everything you could ever want and more is on the Internet. So why not use it? And it's, it's basically free other than, you know, paying for power and computer parts. But like I looked at Jeff Lerner who made a $58 million business from a laptop. That to me, that $1,000 laptop is worth more than the entire college education. The reason though I would go to college and why I still want to go to college is for the connections and the experience because you only live life once and being in a area almost like a city of young people and vibrant and all sorts of culture. That's why I would go to college. And of course, learning stuff there too, like the education of course isn't useless, but it's not as valuable as it was 60 years ago when your return of investment of going to college could land you the corporate job that will take care of you for the rest of your life. So that's why, and especially this next upcoming semester, if they're putting it back online, that's going to be frustrating. Well, I'm sitting here just like my buttons are bursting and I'm loving listening to and reading all the comments that people call you a rock star. So let me ask you a question. I think we did pretty good as a family between your dad, myself, your sister, how you grew up. Uh, we created a pretty solid kid. You and your sister both run my company and you're brilliant at it. And I love it. What advice, and this is kind of interesting because you're only 18, might you give a mom whose son is maybe now 6, 8, 10, 12, what would you say to her to raise a kid as sensible and smart as you are? Well, I would say three things. The first is having a sense of, of family and caring because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how successful you are. If you don't have people you can rely on and support systems around you, it, you'll, you'll crash and burn once you hit your first wall. I knew something very important for me was that, which ties into my second reason is ex let them explore, let them do everything on their own. Let them get hurt. Not as in, you know, messed up, but you do, you try something and you fail and it sucks. It sucks so much because you wish it just worked on the first try every single try, but that's not how the world works. So you come back to your parents and you, you're broken down and build them back up because once you get over failure, you come out even higher than what you were if you had just, plowed right through it because that means you didn't learn anything when you learn something that means you're growing if you can if you completed everything you did first try you're not pushing yourself because you already know what to do or you're the luckiest person in the world either or and so support your kids and build that family give them a good sense of family people that they can rely on let them explore and do all that stuff and then the last one is like let that gets basically just more independence pretty much just like teach them don't don't make them need you but want you 
as in that's the thing that's what me and my mom were talking about the other day as in I don't need her for all this stuff but whenever I hit a problem I know she's been around the block and more she's done everything under the sun work-wise and she knows so much that I want to come to her for information and stuff when I get stuck and she doesn't tell me what to do she doesn't tell me to go get this job and stuff she says do what you want but if you're going to do something do it the best like there's no point in doing something you hate and trying really hard at it even if it's a stupid job in your thought process let them see where they can go with it because They'll, if it's a bad idea, they'll come to the conclusion themselves. You don't need to tell someone something's a bad idea because it's probably not a bad idea. It's probably you think it's a bad idea. They have a dream and you're crushing it in your kid. If you tell them, don't do that, that's a bad idea. Because what they could have been, you're completely hindering and you're sending them down this path of resentment and all this stuff. Rather, keep supporting them. Show them how to make it work the best. And eventually... If they, if they're like, well, you know what? Maybe this isn't the right idea. You get what you want. They're happy with you. And they've just learned a whole lot. And they'll probably then make another, like another decision in a more area that you would probably agree with. So you saw your mom and your dad work a lot. I traveled a lot. I wasn't always there. Um, did that help you formulate some of these opinions, do you think? Or hurt it? Um... Hmm. Well, I would say um, a little bit of help and a little bit of hurt, but not for why you think. So it helped because you being away a lot um, it was very liberating, as in there was only one parent. Um, so I could I had a lot more independence and stuff, especially when he was off doing his own thing. A lot of stuff I was doing, I was learning on my own and like doing that. But I would say um, it it hurt only because if we didn't have the other half, because if you were always out of the house or I didn't have someone in the family that like I could look towards or come towards, it would hurt. But you were very strategic as you always had someone with us. And that's why it worked out so well. And at the end of the day, I completely understand what you did because the parent at home always reinforced they're doing this for you. And so Whenever you came home, all I want to do is shower you with love because you're like giving us all of this. So it wasn't like, oh, I don't get to spend time with my mom. And, and the thing is, though, every time she was gone, like she made the moments matter. Every all these key. I have so many great memories of my mom, yet I think she was there less than my dad. But the reason why is because it does like I would rather. Hey, her give, me, have, give me a couple. We actually only have four minutes till the end of the show. Give me a couple of key moments that you remember. Okay, so a key moment has to be in Italy during Christmas when she took us through um, to this mountain in this lodge place where we did snowball fights and we had our Christmas there. And we even went to Dusseldorf in Germany and went to these Christmas markets, which were just awesome. Sticks out like a sore thumb in my brain. Um, Great Wall of China, walking on that was the craziest thing ever. And going into China in general, I mean, it was nuts. And then... Um, what else? Uh, even roller skating. Oh yeah, roller, that's one of our things. Like going roller skating and stuff like that. And it, it beats having a mom that's always around doing nothing versus having a mom who is doing something. You know, we're doing something great over here. You might not be there, but when you come back, you make great memories. Like you make. I'll tell you what. I'm I only have two, two minutes. I know I'm gonna cut you off. One of the things I didn't do strategically, you're gonna think this is weird, but I didn't bring souvenirs. I hate little tchotchke things anyway. 
because I realized I didn't want when I came home for it all to be about what did I bring you? What I brought you was me. <laughs> and I think it right, but that made it like really cool, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And interesting. So we have um we have two minutes left to the end of the show, which went by really fast. I don't know if I've sat and talked to you for an hour like this before. Uh, what's something you want to leave everybody? There's a lot of people listening live right now. Uh, you've been thoroughly informative and fun to listen to, and you're beautiful, and I love you so much. What do you want people to think and remember? Um, that things are ch- like our time period. Things are changing, and things are changing faster than they've ever changed before. Knowledge is doubling. It used to be every two years and it's almost reaching every one year, which means, yes, you, you learn from the past, but the past does not determine the future. On the, Even all the indicators could be a different outcome. The point is to adapt, change and grow because that's evolution. That's how things survive is you change and grow. And so if you have your own mind, uh, your own thought process and way of thinking, Keep an open mind, listen to others. And even if you disagree to the bottom of your heart, just listen. Because even if you disagree for two months after, something could happen where because you listen to something, your your mindset will have been open and you'll all of a sudden be able to grow. And if you constantly shut people down and shut people off, you're going to be stagnant and you will not go as far as you're supposed to go. Actually, you know what? We actually have a minute to break. We do have 20 more minutes. I'm not. Sh- I'm so excited looking at you. I've lost all sense of time and space. So we're actually going to come back with one more little segment. I'm sorry. I know you got to get back to work, but I just want everyone wants to talk to Danny. I have questions for you. <laughs> so, hey, guys, uh, you're listening to Riker Riley, the 18-year-old son of mine that I'm just so in love with. Can you just tell? I can't remember what time it is or what we're doing. I just want to listen to him talk. Uh, we'll be right back after this message, bringing it home with some more questions that we'll answer of the 18-year-old who seems to know so much. Don't go away. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though, so this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice of America Variety Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. It is Forbes Riley, and I'm here with my son, Riker Riley. He is 18 years old, has graduated college, uh, is crushing it, uh, doing systems and processes in the business that he and my, you know, his sister and I built um, and having a blast. And what we're listening to is Riker's always done what he's doing today. I would bring him in. And you remember this. Uh, I used to teach classes. I taught weight loss classes and exercise classes and business. And you would always pop in since you were little, and I'd ask you questions, and it was always amazing. So it's like you were planned to do this, but at young age, you always had like very strong opinions. Where does that come from? Do you think? Um, definitely comes from experience and a little bit of repeating what your parents say. So I notice a lot of the things I tell people are directly from my parents, and that's a lot of what everyone does. But a lot of my strongest opinions come from my own, literally just going out and exploring on my own and going wow, like I've been through this. I know this, this is it. And I'm willing to listen to other people. But when I come to the table to a debate or I speak my mind, I come to whatever I've explored myself because I trust, I trust myself more than any random news outlet or something like that. When I know what I'm talking about. And if I don't know what I'm talking about, I look for the most credible source because you can't know everything. Well, it's interesting because you seem very confident. Are a lot of the kids your age this confident? Um, it depends in what. In public speaking, probably not, unless they have parents or something that's been in this world. I mean, I've been talking on camera in front of people for a while, but even I was nervous as soon as the radio show was going on for a second. I got the butterflies and all that. Um, but no, I noticed a lot of kids um, aren't. There are a lot of, and I think a lot of it has to do with being protected from screens and COVID-19 not helping it at all either, where you can, you know, speak your mind, be as confident as you want on the screen, but all of a sudden someone gets to see your face, they know your name, they might even know, you know, every, a lot more about you. And then all of a sudden it's hard to speak your mind and be authentic. So one of the things that when you were little, I did a lot of diet and exercise and you and your sister were raised to eat a certain way. But you had a lot of theories about this. So will you share with everyone just a little bit of the food part? Because it was so important to us, but I'm excited by what you have to say about food in general. Um, it's a, lo- a lot of the stuff that I agree with you on is that your body is a machine. Like I was very into my biology class. Uh, I had a great biology teacher and I'm very interested in that topic. And looking at the way your body works, we are just a giant organic machine. And at the end of the day, you, what, it, what does a machine need? It needs power. It needs some fuel. And so what you put in is what you get out. And so you got the power on the computer. You're not getting any results. And you put water in a gasoline tank uh, for a car and you're not going to get very far if not even going to start. 
Um, your body's the same thing. So if your body needs minerals and sulfurs to activate certain parts and all of a sudden you're feeding it stuff that builds clotting and all these other bad things that has nothing to do with certain functions of your body, how is your body supposed to heal? How is it supposed to function if it physically cannot get the resource it needs? And your body will tell you what it needs. It'll turn yellow if you, your liver's failing or, or your kidney's failing and all sorts of things. And the, the key thing is to listen and to, um, like, look, if you don't like vegetables, we get it. Some vegetables are disgusting. And sometimes it has to do with that your palate is been trained a certain way from a young age but there are ways to make it work juicing great way to consume lots of um, fruits even vegetables and you can turn that into something you like and so you don't have to listen to the eat your broccoli on your plate and it's all boiled and mushy find some a way you like to eat it that gets you the nutrients you need even if it is a, a, a pill i mean they give you supplements now that have these vitamins that if you cannot physically cannot find a way to stomach something do that because fueling your body's essential things are crucial what do you what do you eat what would you what's a good day diet for you so for me i focus on i'm very simple because i don't like i like as much as i love food i don't love it enough to where i want to spend any time on it and i know a lot of people feel that way like you're eating because you're you're hungry not because you're like you really care about how at the end of the day even though your dad's a chef that's a different at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I want to look a certain way or feel a certain way, but you don't want to care about the food you put into you. And I get that because I didn't either. But I broke it down to a very simple thing is I need a one, a carb for instant energy throughout the day that'll keep me going, energized. I need vegetables because they have nutrients and minerals that are going to build certain and maintain certain functions of my body and like my immune system. And then protein because I like to work out and I need for, for muscles. And so I basically just stick to those three foods and I implement whatever I want that day. So protein, beans, chicken, stuff like that. Those are things I like. I know when I'm eating a meal, I need at least a protein. And then a vegetable, it could be anywhere from broccoli to peas to much. I just look around my fridge and I find something. And sometimes it's even just like a lettuce and I'll go, oh, well, it looks like I'm having a salad today. You I used just to eat a whole head of lettuce. Remember that you used to eat a whole head of iceberg lettuce all just with, you know, on its own? Yeah. Well, I love lettuce. What do you iceberg, drink? Oh, oh sorry. Uh, um, well, iceberg lettuce is super fun because it basically just tastes like water. It's so fun to just eat. But, um, wait, wait, been, you, wait, you guys, a kid, a kid just said he likes, it's fun to eat a head of lettuce. I needed you guys to hear that. It's so funny. It, it's like, it's almost like vegetable watermelon, you know, like the same, it's so watery that it's almost... I love those like foods like watermelon and lettuce, um, iceberg lettuce, because it's like, it's almost like it has a little bit of flavor, but it's so much water that, and the thing for me is like, for your next part about drinking, my favorite drink, water. I feel bad. My head hurts. Something happens. I drink a glass of water. I drink, and then if I still feel bad, I'll drink another one until the point where like, because water is the source of like, everything needs water. That can't be a coincidence. If you're made of water, everything needs water. What should you be drinking? Water. And so that if, if there's, if you don't like water or something, make it a routine, make it something you can reward yourself with. Wake up, drink a glass of water. And I don't know, like make it, make it an accomplishment to do it. For me, it's just because drinking water is like the only drink that makes me feel really, the only thing that I feel like quenches my thirst. 
Like okay, it comes. Do you to- think? All right, wait. Now, can we have to talk about? It. Do you think that it has anything to do with that story that I told you when you were like four or five years old? Oh, the builders. Yeah. Can you tell everybody that story? Let's see if. Well, the reason the story happened was because when they were little, they said, "Mom, they had cuts." And I said, "You know, when you go to bed at night, your cut heals." And I was working on explaining. I had a couple of theories. My theory was, how do I get them to not want sugar, to drink water, and to kind of understand how their bodies work? And so we came up with Bob the Builder, right? <laughs> with his, what was he wearing on his head? His yellow little hard hats and stuff. Little hard hat, and he had a cup for water. And the theory was that they sleep when you're awake. When you go to sleep, they wake up, and the only thing that makes them go is filling their cup with water. They stitch you up, and if they have too much sugar, they go to sleep. Yes, no? Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, it's like, oh. And I remember at one point, you, I think it was McKenna who said to me, there was somebody there who was rather larger, and she's like, Mom, I think her guys are all sleeping. <laughs> but also, I think you, you've incorporated something about getting your kids to say no. You know, by the time that you are in first grade, you've heard no so many times, and you've been shut down. Can I have permission to no? Can I have permission to no? And I remember very clearly, I don't know if you remember this, but standing, I also hated kids yelling and screaming like at the grocery store or on the TV with a nanny. They were all just going to be really unruly. And you guys were walking past you know, there's always candy as you check out, right? And uh, I said to the two of you, I said, could you go grab me some apples and some grapes? And you came back and was like, mom, there's nothing healthy there. And you're little. And I said, well, w- w- why do you think that is? And one of you said, I think bad men put that there to trick us. And so every time we would walk out, we go, ah, I know bad. And you would say it to me. No, we don't want that. Bad men put that there to trick us. Let me ask you, when you check out of a candy line, when you check out of the grocery store, are you ever tempted? No, actually, I noticed that, I want to say a couple weeks ago, when I was standing there, and I did buy an, an, one of those little energy things, because it was like, we had to wake up at like six in the morning and do it, but I thought about, I was like, I've never really looked through this aisle, this is the first time I've actually like, looked and been like, oh, there's a ton of candy here and stuff, like, I noticed it, it's like, it's there, but I've never been like, oh, I want to grab that piece of candy and take it with me and stuff like that, like, Usually it'll be like I get in the car and I'll go, oh, I want a piece of candy. And then I'm like, shoot, why didn't I just grab one when I was just inside? Like if I ever put that there to trick us. (laughs) But I will tell you, you know, you've watched me do hypnosis and magic your whole life. And all that's kind of in the back of your head. I'm going to tell you that that's how, you know, suggestions are planted. Good and bad. I I I think the easiest way to reinforce the concept that you're trying to push is definitely at the youngest age. Really just getting them to like, like make it a more rewarding feeling to do that or like like really implement at the base of your brain those concepts and then when you get older it becomes very easy to control that and like when you like and like my mom does um she does something where you can you can go into your brain and change your base coding you would say to believe in that stuff you just have and like that's her hypnosis and stuff like that you just have to be open to it and that's about the open-mindedness for growth and stuff it's hard, right. to, it's hard to grow when you're older. Well, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. So I'm glad that I got you guys when you were very young so that we could figure some of this out because it makes it easier that you're not thinking about it. I know McKenna also only drinks water. And I will tell you, I'm so glad that works because I see all your friends and all the crap that's not healthy to drink, you know, the juices that are full of sugar and the, and the sodas. And I love that it's not even tempting to you. And that goes to, I love that rewiring. Well, I want to be real with everyone. Like, we're not some, like, crazy family who, like, we only do water. Like, yes, I've drank in a Coca-Cola before. Yes, I've drank in a Fanta before. And, like, you're a human. Like, you're allowed to enjoy simple pleasures in life if that's what you want. But in excess, anything is bad. 
if you think about it like that. So find out what what's good for you and then treat yourself. You know, if, if once a week you wanted a Coke, I mean, that's still better than drinking it every single day. And so like choose your battles, choose what you want. And like for me, I just know I don't want it because I don't like it just doesn't do anything for me. I, if I want sugar, I can get my sugar a different way. And so. And we're at, we have three minutes left. Oh, we have three minutes left. What do you think of this little guy? Spinging, uh, yeah. It's built the house I'm sitting in, the computer that I'm talking to you on. So it's pretty amazing product because the fact that everyone has finally come to realize how amazing the product actually is. And like I, my favorite part of the product, hands down, has to be when some big old bodybuilder guy comes and grabs the product and is like, Oh, what's this going to do? And then all of a sudden 10 seconds in and he's like, he's like, Oh, like he's all like, wow, this really does work. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that has to be the most priceless reaction because like one, you can get, you can get the, you get the same reaction from every single person. doesn't matter the size, but when they come in with the ego and then you completely shut that down, nothing beats that. I do love that. What do you think? We have um, two minutes up. What do you think of the concept of pitching and all the students that we've got? Is it valuable? And why should people enroll and understand what pitching is from your mom? Yes. Life is a pitch. Life is a pitch. <laughs> Anything you do, you're getting a job. You're pitching yourself. You are, you're getting married. You're, why should they get married to you? And so like all, anything down the line, I mean, like knowing how to pitch is just knowing how to communicate. It's not always it's just knowing how to talk to people because it's not about what you say it's about how you make people feel that's what people remember i love that all right dan clark has written that you have the wisdom of a hundred year old sage oracle the face (laughs) of a 25 year old abercrombie mumble model and the heart of a fearless lion so somebody out there loves you almost as much as i do leave love on your mom for a second tell everybody what's it like to be to have mom as a mom oh it's awesome really like uh, not everyone is as fortunate to have the mom that I do, uh, but it's not impossible to be her. She just contagious energy, kindness down to, to for the, even a bug in the house. She doesn't want the like I've seen a bug in the house. She doesn't even want to kill it. She said, get it out. She doesn't want to hurt anything. She just has this energy and she's inspiring as hell. You think she motivates you to get stuff done? Imagine living with her. I mean, the motivation is completely real. And like seeing all she's accomplished it's very, it's very motivating for myself because I know I have those genes that I can accomplish it as well. And like, and like, I love just listening in because all the lives she's changed as well. Like I used to not be a person. I used to be like, Oh, I want to make my money and get out. But then I see how many people she's changing. And at the end of the day, I realize it's not really about the money. It's about the people and the, and the legacy and the stuff you can create for others because your impact could like ripple down their family line of all these teachings and stuff like that, that they learned from her. And so that was a real eye opener I had pretty recently. I love what you just said so much. I'm actually in tears. We have run out of time for today's show. This will go down as my all time favorite show ever. My son, I love you so much. I love it. The hearts and souls that you just touched out of the mouths of babe. I'm grateful that you are my son and that you spent this time with me. Guys, I'll see you again next week. All right, now you're going to give you a hug. Bye, everybody. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.